0: I want to talk for a few minutes today about happiness myths, happiness myths. I want to invite you to Christmas Eve this Friday, 5 and 7, be a great time to invite someone, bring a family member, bring a friend. Uh, It's a perfect time to bring people with you. We're going to have a special time. It'll be fun. All the kids will be in here, and that's always fun, right? It gets really loud and a lot of noise during the sermon and all that but it's going to be fun it'll be a christmas time of celebration and we'd love to have you about an hour is our goal and hot chocolate and that sort of thing am i right is that better oh it was me Nothing like live, right? You can't fix live. It just, thank you. <laughs> Who said we'll wait? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, we're playing on that today. So, so here's, here's my question for you Are you really happy? Now, just to be clear, excitement is not happiness. Having fun is not happiness. Thrills, that's not happiness. I wanna talk about happiness myths. You know, when we celebrate the day you were born, we say what? We say, oh, y'all knew where I was going with that, come on. We say what? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. When we celebrate the day you got married, we say, Are y'all playing with me here today or are we missing something? Is this thing still working? Say it with me. We say, happy anniversary. During the holiday season, what do we say to people? I said it to people this morning. We say, Merry Christmas. Because we want these to be happy times. Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes wrote a lot of wisdom and this is one little snippet, one little text. It said there's nothing better. There's nothing better than for men or for people to be happy. To be happy and do good while they live. So here's what I know. Most people are about as happy as they choose to be. Here's also what I know. Happy people are a lot more enjoyable to be around than unhappy people. And you're gonna have an opportunity this week to be with family, maybe you already have, and it might be some tension because there might not have been such a happy thing going on, and maybe family's not a good memory for you. But here's what I would say, I also know that every minute that you spend angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. And I've also learned and know that you can spend your entire life in pursuit of what you think will make you happy, only to discover that it's a myth. I mean, the idea of pursuing happiness really can be misleading because you can't be happy at the same time you're pursuing being happy. Because to pursue being happy is to imply that it's only found out there somewhere. That that happiness is found somewhere else outside yourself but you'll never be happy if you continue to search what happiness consists of. Because happiness is a direction, not a place. It's a journey not a destination. Henry Thoreau wrote it this way. He said, and I quote, happiness is like a butterfly. The more you chase it, the more it will elude you. But if you turn your attention to other things, it'll come and sit softly on your shoulder. So, pastor, what are some of the myths that we think will make us happy? And what are some of the traps that we all get caught in when we're pursuing happiness? Let me give you a few right now. Number one, myth number one is that money will make me happy. If I just had more money, I'd be so happy. No, you won't. No, you won't. It's a lie. It's a myth. So. For clarity, a myth is a widely held but false belief or idea. It's a misrepresentation of truth. So money can actually be a trap. If you're in debt, you're a slave to money. Every 30 days, you, your debt talks to you. <laughs> Bills, late notices, phone calls, you remember when caller ID first came out? It was so fun, wasn't it? You didn't have to take those calls. So if you're in debt, you're a slave to money. And if you, if you have some money, you worry about how to keep it and how to protect it. Because money can be a happiness trap. There's a startling reality I wanna share with you that some have discovered, that's, and that is that winning the lottery doesn't make a person happy. Just Google, and I I did this again yesterday, just again, I've done it several times. Google, lottery wins gone bad, okay? According to the New York Daily News, 70% of lottery winners end up broke within seven years. Seven years. Here's a couple of examples and stories. Uh, 19-year-old Michael Carroll won $14 million, and he quickly bought a mansion, he was spending his money on all these lavish things, he went through it like water, and it wasn't long, his story goes, to say that he was broke and living on unemployment with his mother. He now says he's lucky to collect $300 a week in wages from the cookie factory where he's employed, and he then admitted, my former lifestyle would have led me to an early grave. Here's another one. Evan Adams won the lottery uh, twice, $5.4 million combined. And then she said, today the money's all gone. Everybody wanted money from me. Everybody had their hand out. She said, winning the lottery, is it what it's cracked up to be? Here's another one. A guy named William Post won $16.2 million, and today he lives on Social Security. He said, I wish it had never happened. I wish it would have never happened. A girlfriend sued him, a former girlfriend at that, sued him for a share of his winnings. A brother was arrested for hiring a hitman to kill him, hoping he'd inherit some. Other siblings pestered him until he invested in poor investment ventures, failed, lost all the money. He spent time in jail for shooting a firearm over a bill collector's head. And he said within one year, he was a million dollars in debt. Within one year of winning $16 million, he was a million dollars in debt and declared bankruptcy. And now he lives on $450 a month. (laughs) Why? Because money only magnifies whatever is already inside of you. It would be like me telling my five-year-old grandson, here's $500, go buy ice cream and take the car on your way. You say, Pastor, that would be absolutely absurd. That's exactly what happens when money comes into the hands of people who have no clue, most of us, on what are we gonna do with it. You grow into these things. So, It's a myth that money will make you happy. I just read you stories to give you and tell you otherwise. Here's another myth about happiness. People say, you know what? Other people will make me happy. Other people. Here's what I've learned. Some people live with the illusion that their happiness is somebody else's responsibility. And they place expectations and demands on family members, on their friends, on a church relationship. And many people even think that it's, it's the government's responsibility and the government's fault to make that they don't make them happy. And they're living with the illusion that other people are responsible. I said it to you already, most people are about as happy as you choose to be. But if you're not happy within yourself, no one and no thing will ever make you happy. If you're not at peace in your heart, there's nothing that can take place that will keep you happy. Some people are convinced that I can't be happy unless, unless a certain person is in my life. And, you know, man, I, I, I'm never going to be happy until that one and only is my one and only. And I just want to be, you better be careful. Better to be lonely and by yourself and not dealing with all that junk than to be with somebody and find out it ain't as happy as you thought it was. Thank you for that golf clap. That's really nice of you. you. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe this, but when I started dating Janet, her dad didn't like me. In fact, he didn't like any of the boys she brought home, and finally she brought a man home, and he he learned to like me. Okay. I just got, come on, make sure you listen. And then when I asked Janet to marry me, and some of you know the story, you know, it was like on our third date, and I asked her to marry me, and she said no. I need more time. And I'm like, okay. And a few months later, she came crawling back. No, I just gotta say that. It's just fun. (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) Okay. Here's what I, I read one time. It's not scripture, but it makes sense. It says if you love something, let it go. And if it comes back, it's yours. If it doesn't, It never was. I don't know that that's fully true all the time because some problem people keep coming back and so that's not always applicable, right? I said it wasn't Bible. But here's the point. The hopeless romantic that sees themselves as half a person looking for their other half, assuming that the other half is gonna make them happy unfortunately you are gravely misled because the reality is especially in marriage and really in any relationship two halves do not equal a whole I know in math that's what they tell us and that's true but two half people still equal two half people together and you think the other person's gonna fill in all the gaps and it ain't gonna happen. And you're gonna find yourself in trouble. And the best relationships are two whole people sharing their life with each other, partnering together and loving each other. That's how relationships are supposed to work. So it's our job to be emotionally, spiritually, physically healthy and whole. Or right, here's a third myth. That you think will make you happy. And that is that if I can just get even with them, whoa, oh, if I could just get even, man, I'd be so happy. So let me flip the script a minute. Most people are not on a mission to sabotage another person's life, okay? So all the people you think are out to get you probably don't even know you're upset with them. <laughs> They've forgotten whatever they did that hurt your feelings or offended you, they've forgotten it even happened and you're still living with it. And they don't even know why you're teed off. But many people are still convinced that if I can just get even, that'll make me happy. No, it won't because getting even only leads to retaliation, and often combative situations, and then it begins to undermine further the trust and the confidence you have in yourself and other people. You never get ahead trying to get even, ever, ever. So I've learned sometimes you have to act your way into a feeling instead of feeling your way into an action. You have to act your way into a feeling instead of waiting to feel your way into an action because your feelings will mislead you. You gotta act on what you know is right, okay? Myth number four, hope you're taking notes. Some people say, if I was just popular, I'd be happy. Fame, fame, if I, just, if, if I was just famous, if I could make a name for myself, I'd be happy. You know, it's really common to see famous people in the news who obviously are not very happy. And oftentimes they're trying to escape their own life with alcohol, substance abuse, breakups, breakdowns. And, and this is not just for Hollywood or the music industry, this is for people in your community. This is for, peop- this is for me, it's for us. A few years ago, it was really sad, I read, and where a young actress was caught shoplifting, not because she didn't have the money, and you try to ask yourself, well, what's, up? What's obviously, she just wasn't happy, or she was looking for a thrill, or, or her apparent fame wasn't enough to make her happy. It wasn't because it wasn't she was famous that she was all over the news, and I'm like, what's the point? So, people assume how great it would be to be famous, and everybody loves being, I don't have any problems. No, let me me flip that a little bit. The, The other side and the truth, if you're famous, is you have little or no privacy. Other people have expectations of you that you didn't know they had, which you most likely won't meet. And if you're famous, you become an automatic role model, good or bad, like it or not. And when you're famous, your life is not your own. You're owned by the public. You're owned by the label. You're owned by people who made you famous that buy your stuff. That you become famous. So you have an all. The list goes on. Being famous is not is not what is all cracked up to be. Because most famous people I know, then they get teed off at the paparazzi. Well, if you weren't so famous, they wouldn't be trying to take your picture. And then they try to take your picture and people, you know, they get blowed off and and, and try to get autographs. And you're like, I, and you see, you're like, why is the actor, actress, famous, why is the famous person mad? They, they wanted this. Are you with me here? Y'all looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. Princess Diana, most of you know the story. It's been a few years, right? But she was actually so popular that it cost her her life, right? So recognition may encourage you temporarily but it doesn't bring lasting happiness. Fame won't do it, okay? It's a myth, so don't think, well, if I just had a name, okay? I'm trying to help you. I've lived long enough to learn some things, so here's number five, another myth. We won't talk about this so much as we think about it, and that is that power, authority, power will make me happy. So some people actually assume that being in charge Being the big dog, you know, the one that everybody else answers to, that'll make me happy. No, it won't. Because now you ain't got nobody to call when you got the flu, you still got to go to work. There's nobody to unlock the door when you're the owner or the general manager. They ain't nobody You got to go, you ain't got nobody to call. You understand my language, right? Nobody's coming, Pastor Nate said last week. Ain't nobody coming. Being the one in charge simply requires greater responsibility. It takes real leadership. It takes care. It takes vision and no excuses. So power, have at it. Sometimes you like when you live as long as I have it, y'all take it. I'm fine. You'll figure it out sooner or later. You'll be handing it off too. Because now you got to make all the decisions. You understand? Here's the sixth myth about this. This will make me happy, number six. Leisure will make me happy. If, if I just could take that vacation, that cruise, that if I could just go wherever you think is exotic, if I just had three weeks, man, no, you probably wouldn't. Because the truth is, wherever you go, Remember, thrill and excitement and good times are not happiness. And if you don't fix what's bothering you in here, nothing you do out here is going to make you happier. If I, if I just were, if I, if I could just retire, I'd be happy. Well, if you're not happy with yourself, now that you retire, nobody knows you're around. You're just sitting at home and you ain't got nothing to do. You're really going to be unhappy. You better know your next. There's some wisdom right there. You need to know your next. You need, listen, as long as I'm breathing, God's got a call on my life. I better know my next. It's, you, just because you shift or you take a different step or you move to a different season of your life, you better know your next. You, listen, at 61, there's still a lot to learn. But at 61, I've learned a lot that some 25-year-olds can listen to, should listen to. Because I've, I've learned some things. And you know, it'd really be, can I use it? No children in, right? We've got kids ministry. It'd really be stupid to do something that somebody else has already been through. People say, well, I just want to learn from my mistakes. No, that's dumb. Learn from other people's mistakes. I mean, right? I mean, hello. That's just stupid. Kids are not in here, right? Sorry. (laughs) You know the statistics say that a high percentage of people died during their first year of retirement. I remember that as a younger boy, one of my uncles, he had worked 37 years or 39 years at the same company and they lived in our neighborhood a few streets over when I was a boy growing up. And I remember it was within a year or so of his 37 or 39 year retirement and he died of a heart attack sitting at the kitchen table. I mean, you work all that time and then you're at home with no responsibility. You say, did that make him die? I don't know, it's just a statistic. It, the, the numbers don't lie. So, have something to do. Retirement's not gonna make you happy. Leisure is not gonna make you happy, okay? Let me, let me give you a couple more, we'll be done. Number seven, this is a good one. People think if I could just resolve my past, that'll make me happy. Well, you can focus on the past so much that you don't clearly see your future. And Pastor Steve reminds me of something often that I have said for years because he took it to heart and I've heard him repeat it. And that is your windshield of your automobile is a whole lot bigger than your rearview mirror. And there's a reason for that. You need to reflect back so you know where you've been, so you're not stupid enough to do it again but you need a windshield, you got to keep looking forward because that's the only way. You got to go where you're, you need to know where you're going and you need to see it clearly. And so thinking you got to focus everything back here and back here. I understand that going into your past for forgiveness sake and healing and making some things right, and, but you got to move on. I said, you got to move on. I said, you got to move on. You can't let the pain of your past keep you held there. And there's some people I know that are captive and they thought that, they thought, I got to resolve the past. It ain't going to make you happy because you just keep going back. And there's some answers you're not going to get. Some people have passed on and you're never going to hear them say, I love you and I forgive you. You're never going to hear it because they're in your past and they're already in eternity. You've got to resolve some things in your heart and leave it in the hands of God and move forward with your life because that's the only way you're going to overcome. Don't focus focus on why that person made you angry and how you deserve not to forgive them, but focus how you're going to overcome that anger and move on with your life because you're killing everybody around you. One more and I'm done. Oh, I wish you'd go longer. <laughs> Myth number eight. This is this was this was a tough one. Go ahead and put it up. Can you read that? Leave that up there for a minute. <laughs> I, I'm closing with this because it's like, whoa! I didn't expect you to say. Being a Christian, if I can just be a Christian, I'd be happy. And I wish I could tell you that if you believed in Jesus and start following him and have the hope of eternal life, that you would be happy. But unfortunately, I've been around Christians my whole life, and I've met a lot of them that are saved people. Who live unhappy lives. Why is that? Well, let me explain it. I have two thoughts. God is not a genie in a bottle that exists to make you happy, God is not a genie in a bottle who exists to make you happy. You're about as happy as you choose to be. We bear the responsibility of our own choices, and our preparation for our life, and our future, and our attitude, and we bear the responsibility for our friends, and how and what we think about, all of which affect our happiness. Now, the greatest day in my life started when I was nine years old when I gave my heart to the Lord as a boy, and then I remember at the age of 15 an encounter in my life when I said yes to the Holy Spirit and knew the call of ministry and serving God and was on my life. I knew that at at a young age. And that not the case for everybody, but that's my story, and I remember those times, and I knew I was going to heaven, I knew Jesus was in my heart, I still had to go through my adolescent and my teenage years, and I did a lot of dumb things like every teenager does, but you learn from those times, and you understand grace, and you mature, and you grow up, and then I got married at the age of 18, very young, but here's my point. My happiness had nothing to do with my salvation from the standpoint that I still had my choices and my thoughts and my behaviors and my relationships. God doesn't force those on any of you. You have to decide how you're going to respond to the life that comes to you or the life you've caused to happen. Well, if I just had Jesus, I'd be happy. Well, not so quick. Because here's the second bit of advice. Not only should we not see God as a genie in the bottle, that it's his job to make us happy. It's our job to stay happy by all these things I'm talking about. But the second bit of wisdom is that the Bible provides us with every key we need to know about how to live a happy life. But too many Christians either don't know it or they're not living by it and practicing it. And the moment you stop practicing what the scripture says, chaos is there at the door knocking. And you can be a Christian and be saved and love Jesus and still not be happy. So, I guess it's kind of like buying exercise equipment and putting it in the garage. You can own the equipment but you got to use it to get the benefits. Man, that's my equipment. Man, I got that equipment. I got a garage full of it. I got this equipment. I'm, I follow Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm saying you got to learn how to use it. That nobody can go work out for you. Pray for me. Why don't you pray for yourself too? So here's an absolute truth that you need to walk away with in this Mary season, you can be happy. You can be happy. Pastor Nate so ably and powerfully preached last week that I'm not okay. Yeah, I get it. I've been there. We've all been there. We've all got a story. We've all got junk going on. Life happens. But you can be happy. But don't get caught. Don't get caught in the myths that we think will make us happy. And don't get caught in this pursuit of happiness. My admonition is rather be happy with who you are and what you have. And be thankful with those you love and who love you. And listen, don't discard the people who love you too quickly when, because you're going to want them around at times when you need them most. And you you got you to gotta learn to love back and have some engagement. Make the best of the life you have and happiness will come and sit on your shoulders. One thing you can do whether it's in your mind or on paper or on your phone, is make a list of the good things in your life. When you think you don't have new shoes, think of the man who has no legs. When your car is not as new as you'd like it to be, think about the guy who rides a bicycle every day. the place you live in might not be the place of your dreams think about the person living on the street you decide to be happy when you think about the people you've lost reflect on that but remember the people you have and love them don't miss Christmas Eve Friday night, 5 and 7. Hope you'll bring your whole family and friends. I want to pray for us right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to be happy, to learn how to be happy, why we're happy, to know you, to thank you, and to remember all of these traps and myths that we can get so caught up in. And to recognize that happiness is by choice, put a smile on our face, turn on the right music, say a few words of prayer and thanksgiving, look at the good things, write them down so I can review them and remember the good things in my life. That's what makes me happy. Time with people I love and who love me. So heal brokenness right now, Lord, and help us to focus on forgiving people and moving on and realizing that when we think nobody knows who we are, we get to enjoy some things that people who everybody knows have forgotten about. They don't even get to enjoy that. We can go to the grocery store, and you know what? We don't get interrupted nine times. We just get to shop and buy what we need. We can live our life in peace. Maybe it's not so bad, the life you're living, if you see it correctly and choose to be happy. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for me just a moment, for just a moment, everyone in the room. And if you're watching somewhere on the other side of a screen, thank you for joining us today as well. And all of us here in this room, there's a question, not only the first question, are you really happy, but the question, do you know Jesus and have you accepted him as savior of your life because we all needed a savior and that's why we celebrate Christmas so much because it was the birth of the son of God who came as the human sacrifice he lived a life and died on a cross to be the ransom and to pay for our sin as a human sacrifice that's literally what happened God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that we might have everlasting life. The Bible says if you believe in him and you believe that he died for you and rose again back to life, that you can be saved. With your heads bowed just for a moment. If that's you and you say, Pastor, I want to know I'm ready to go to heaven I want to lead you in a prayer, but I'd like to know who I'm praying with. Would you just raise your hand just quickly for a moment right there? The, I want to be ready to go to heaven. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I want to be ready. Thank you. Just raise your hand. I want to know I'm ready to go to heaven. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. God bless you, young person. God bless you. I just want to make sure. God bless you. Jesus loves every one of us. and He died for you. Anyone else? Just lift that hand. I want to make sure I'm ready to go to heaven. Would you pray with me pastor? And I will. We're going to have a prayer right now. Right there where you're watching from, you can let us know. Someone is ready to pray with you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Every one of you. All right, you can put those hands down. Let's pray together. Would you join me? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sin and take away my past. Thank you for dying in my place and paying for my sin. And I receive you right now as the Savior of my life and the leader of my life. And I'll do my best to follow you as I surrender 100% to your purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Would you celebrate with me right now? All across this, but come on, a big celebration.